This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special retro edition of the GameScoop podcast. We are discussing a list of the top 100 console video games of the 80s, 1977 to 87 to be exact. It's been so long, I can't remember the previous 50. You know, we just left off at Junior Pac-Man. Oh, yeah, that's terrible Junior Pac-Man, the scrolling game. I am your host, Damon Hatfield, joined by Sam Claiborne. What's up, everybody? Jared Petty. Howdy. And, uh, yeah, we are glad you guys enjoyed the first half. We made it through the first 50 games, and these are in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. So now uh, launching into the back half of the book. What's the book and the author's name? The book is called The 100 Greatest Console Video Games, 1977 to 1987 by Brett Weiss. So remember, the cutoff is 87, which doesn't leave a lot of Nintendo. It's yeah, true. yeah, that's an important distinction because the Nintendo explosion really comes in '88. Mm-hmm. That's that's the year Bionic Commando came out. That's the year that matters. Yeah. A lot of uh, the listeners have been tweeting at me and Mr. Weiss, but Mr. Weiss has yet to respond. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope he talks to us. Yeah. Anyway, did num- you find him? The listeners did. Oh, the listeners oh, did. on Twitter. Thanks, listeners. Uh, number fifty-one is Casey Munchkin or Casey's Crazy Chase for the Odyssey Two. And I discovered just before the podcast began that I've been living a lie. Yeah. My entire life, I thought this was Casey Munchen because it's a Pac-Man clone. And actually a very good little Pac-Man clone. It's one of the few good games for the Odyssey 2. It's it's just a simple little maze game. It is Pac-Man, but it has a couple of neat little features. It uses the Odyssey hardware as well as it could. And it includes a level editor. It actually uses some of the, the those extra features and buttons of the Odyssey to allow you to create your own mazes. Do you think Ralph Baer copyrighted that? 
what the, uh, the level editor the level editor <laughs> he, he trademarked almost everything in video games i don't know i don't think uh, ralph bear actually produced this piece of software for the odyssey 2 so no, i don't think he produced any software for the odyssey uh, 2 but he produced the odyssey yeah he did and uh we all owe him a great debt of gratitude for creating yeah. console video games and coming up well, with things like sports games exactly and, and action games and skill games, skill games. <laughs> well these came out in 81 and 82 which is what 10 years into the life of the odyssey 2 yeah, well, the Odyssey, Odyssey guess, one, but Odyssey two, yeah, was uh, early seventies. So. No, in the Odyssey two, like, no, 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 the Odyssey yeah, seventy six, right? Yeah, the, well, no, the Odyssey two is actually came out, came to market after the twenty six hundred to compete with the twenty six hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah I think it actually hit market right around the same time or just after. And the, yeah. was the Odyssey two really like a a generational leap forward? It was. It, it had less RAM than the twenty six hundred, which is hard to do, uh, but it had a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, and halfway decent controllers and real video games had some very interesting ideas. Not many of them worked out well. Yeah, if you were cool, you could call it the Odyssey Squared. Uh, yeah, and, and they still played with some that's of that how they old. It. I like that uh, the Odyssey Squared. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. That's what the cool kids said. Oh, okay. The cool yeah. kids that had the Odyssey Squared? Yeah. I, I never knew anybody that had the Odyssey Squared. Yeah, I knew a couple of people uh, that had it. I knew a guy that wrote a Lunar Lander game for his somehow. That's uh, a good idea. Yeah. That's a great game. Number 52 is popular paddle game for Atari 2600, Kaboom. Mm-hmm. Yep, I adore Kaboom. Yeah, there, me. Oh, me too. There's a, a one. Of, I think it's one of the first Activision games, right? So yeah, it's, it's it's fairly. It's what 82, I think. Kaboom. Yeah. Uh, 81. 81. There we go. Yeah, fairly early. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, it, it also features rainbow on the art, which always makes me really happy. And then mm-hmm. kind of there's a guy running across it with a rainbow coming out of his back. It's, Simplest game you can imagine. Like I wonder, yeah. Like, just... So what's what's the story here? The the bank robber. Is he a bank robber because he's yeah. already, or is he breaking out of prison because he's already wearing prison attire? Right, he's dropping, he's dropping bombs he off the top of, bombs. of the screen. You've got a bucket of water, and you're just running back and forth is across the bottom of the screen. Is he in prison and trying him. to break out with bombs? I don't remember. In which case, how did he get so many bombs, bombs in yeah. prison? Me... Yeah, hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I Maybe don't remember. he made them in his room. Oh, that could be it. In his, yeah. in his cell. There needs to be tighter security in this prison. Yeah, I know. Maybe there's an episode of Oz that describes the whole thing. Just and that, so this is a paddle game, and so you can you can move that paddle so fast in Kaboom that people that get really good at this game, like the the bombs are dropping, and they, you can like barely see the the paddle going back mm. and forth. It's really cool. Like I remember when I was a kid that people would get really good at Kaboom. Like they would be in an arcade, but it's much faster than any arcade. Game. Yeah, yeah, I really love it. And the, the pro tip is that you you want to sideswipe the bombs when they're falling fast. Mm. You don't want to catch them in top. You want to hit them with the side of the bucket. It still counts. And, yeah played a lot of Kaboom when I was four. Yeah, looking back, though, it's not a very deep game, so I don't know why I played so much of it. Whatever. Uh, another Odyssey 2 game, Killer Bees. With an exclamation point. Released in 1983. Killer Bees! Killer Bees! Yeah, it should be Killer Bees? That'd, yeah. be, that'd be a cooler... Yeah. That'd be a good sequel to make. Like with a question mark? <laughs> yeah, Killer, Killer Bees? Killer Bees? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, so Killer Bees is a, a neat little game where there's one kind of thing on the screen you're chasing and another kind of thing on the screen that's chasing you. That's what's going on in Killer Bees. So this is another one that I fooled around with. And it's neat. I don't think it's a great game, but it's a cool idea. You're trying to catch one thing. Something else is chasing you. You can stun the thing that's chasing you or, or, or get rid of it for a little while. It's, it's just that kind of thing. So it's so almost like Pac-Man without a maze. This is it's, the first... Uh, it's kind of a terrifying advertisement. I, well, that's what I was going to say. Game. So th- this this is uh, kind of like exploiting the bee fear of yeah. Killer Bees. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was a kid, I was scared of Killer yeah, Bees. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. 
That was definitely a thing. It was and like, like it was into the nineties. They're in Mexico. Right. They're yeah. making Coming their way north. Africanized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, well, that whole Bowling for Columbine segment on that. Do you remember that? Uh-uh. Oh yeah. In Bowling for Columbine, he does yeah. runs one of those like old Killer Bee commercial things. It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I was sure either nuclear war or Killer Bees <laughs> were going to wipe everybody out. Yeah. So I didn't wow. realize Killer Bees went back that far. I didn't realize there was an origin to killer bees, you know, yeah. the, the fear. But, yeah, the, the, the flyer a, for that is just, like, the, the killer bees are coming. It looks like a USA Today paper or a, something. That's what they look like. a horror movie called, I think, Attack of the Killer Bees. That's probably from the late 70s. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Mr. Mr. Sean Cedar picked up that yeah. one. Yeah. And it has a great uh, band from the U.K., uh, 1966 uh, beat band called The Birds with, a, with an eye. Mm-hmm. And it's super good scene. They're like a really like edgy, uh, the, more of the garage punk. Side the birds of, with uh, an I, not with yeah. a Y. Huh? Yeah, oh, different birds. Featuring okay. Ron Wood of the future '70s Rolling Stones. No kidding. Yeah. Well, that's well, now I want to watch rather awesome. Again. It's it's a really cool performance. It's super mod. For more on Killer Bees, read Guess Who Stings, the unintentionally terrifying <laughs> yes. children's book. The answer. Well, we'll just leave that for you. Guys <laughs> we don't want to spoil it. Keeping with the insect theme, Ladybug. Mm-hmm. Is on here the ColecoVision version, uh, which, I, which was an exclusive. They got that, that it was, universal license. It's a well, it's an arcade game first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they yeah, and you can see the arcade game on the packaging. I own this arcade game. It's mm. uh, probably one of my top ten favorite arcade games, and it's my wife's favorite game of all time of yes. any type of game. Mm-hmm. And she has a really high score in it. And uh, we're trying to get the Twin Galaxies thing to happen. Now, what's happening on there's, the instruction manual? This what's is the this? side art too. This is there's a beautiful beautiful girl in a swimming suit. That's actually the ladybug. She has wings. That's not what the game looks like. Yeah, and then there's mantis actually girls also in the art where they're like dressed in like a similar bathing suit type setup. Uh, ladybug is really cool. Let me let me tell you one really thing that it just blew my mind recently. That I discovered about ladybug on my own, and that's that uh, in ladybug you collect uh, the letters extra and special uh, to spell out things. It's a Pac-Man based maze game. But extra and special are also uh, key pinball terms. And not only that, but you collect a multiplier as you're going around the board. So what you want to do first is get times two, times three, times five uh, as you eat dots. Like So it's like, it's like Pac-Man, yeah. but you eat multipliers, and then you eat these special things that give you uh, letters. And basically, it's uh, it's a very pinball-like setup. So did this scoring. start as like a pinball design doc that turned into a video game? Or yeah, something? it's like it's like well, we're make like we're we're making a game that goes in arcades, and here's Pac-Man. People are like, well, I've played pinball, that so they just sense. made a Pac-Man pinball hybrid. That's really fascinating. I know, I thought that was really cool. The fun fact here: the original version of Ladybug was designed by Kazutoshi Ueda, who also created Mr. Do. Oh. Yeah, and Mr. Do uh, came out right after this and is one of the all-time best arcade games ever. It's complicated. It's so much better than Dig Dug. I love it. It'll be in this book. Um, yeah, but there's several different versions of Mr. Do. Mr. Do's Castle? Yeah, Mr. Yep. Do's Castle. Then there's Mr. Do Run Run. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- Mr. Do's Castle is called Mr. Do versus the Unicorns in Japan, which is oh. really cool. That's wow. Yeah. That's great. I did not know that. And then there's uh, Mr. Do Run Run. And then there's uh, – God, I can't wait. I can't believe I'm not remembering. So there's one about roller coasters. You mm-hmm. have a Mr. Do, Sam, right? Yeah, there's also Yankee Do, which is Yeah, racist. that was like – is it like yeah. a bootleg or is it it's, – it's Yeah, it's like Uncle Sam modification yeah. on the board. Wow. Where you're like you're Uncle Sam and you're like – Getting oil. Do you have like a big? Hat? I don't want to go into it. It's a little bit big hat. Yeah, we have it in a multi-cade here. Oh no, kidding! I have never seen that. Yeah. Okay, so we're. I know Mr. Do's in the book, so we're actually going to run up against mm-hmm. it here in a minute. But, but you know, there's always the argument: is it Mr. Do or Mr. Doe? Oh uh, yeah, I've and always then they put out do. the game called Do Run Run. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's that's... not going to be Do Run Run, right? Yeah, that has yeah, an exclamation point. It, it Do Run Run Run. It yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. Fifty-five is this obscure little game called The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Um, so that's 
I haven't heard of this one. Yeah. You haven't heard of that one? No, never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Legend of Zelda is, uh, I mean, Damon's wearing a Legend of Zelda t-shirt it's right actually, now yeah. <laughs> uh, at the moment. Uh, the, the Legend of Zelda, is, is there anything we're going to say here that Let has me, already been said about yes. how great this is? Check out the Japanese release date on that game. It's like 1986. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so early. People didn't yeah. care about Zelda in the United States. I mean, they didn't get it till later, but they didn't yeah. care about it. I remember Zelda taking off in like maybe, maybe 88. Mm-hmm. But or may, like late '87, but uh, man, that game was so popular throughout the span of the the, the NES. I, I consider it like a mid mid NES time NES game, but it's a super early game. I had I had a brain bending week in my childhood. Uh, I, I went to a Chuck E. Cheese and found a Versus Super Mario Brothers, which I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Played it, lost my mind. Went home, saw a Nintendo Entertainment System commercial mm-hmm. on TV mm-hmm. yeah. with that game playing. Lost my mind again. My friend called me a couple of days later and told me about his new game system. I needed to come over and see it. And he was playing The Legend of Zelda. Well, that so you, was an amazing week. Like yeah. that, well, So that you, week. Did, you, didn't, you did not become aware of the NES till like years into his life then? Well, I, whenever Zelda had come out, he bought it brand new. So that would be early. 87. Yeah, 87. Then that's probably really they when I knew about Zelda. They were rolling the NES out in late 95. Right, right. Late 85. Sorry. Yeah. I, I apparently missed this whole thing until about when Zelda You were playing the Odyssey Squared. Yeah, I guess like, that's with it. the cool kids. Uh, I had a ColecoVision. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the video games, but you yeah. play PC games too, though. Oh, I played a lot of PC games. See, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I play Commodore sixty four mainly. Um, you know what's uh, what's also cool about Zelda is that it's the last game that's actually a Zelda like, in my opinion, in, <laughs> which means that, explain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, what I really like about the original Legend of Zelda, what other games have taken from it, is that you can, and I talk about this all the time in multiple podcasts, but I really like how there's an open world from the start that you can get to most of. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only thing that's stopping you from exploring and getting really far is that the monsters are really difficult. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing really stopping you from going to things out of order, except that it's kind of harder to get through it that yep. way. So it's presenting you with the world as a puzzle mm-hmm. and exploration is the solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I love about the legend of Zelda. After that, they, it really can't, it, it had an explorable overworld, but a really linear progression through it. I agree. Yeah. And I, even though my favorite legend of Zelda game is Ocarina of time for different reasons, like this is the game that like is so brave and not leading you to all the answers. That, I, that, I think that's yeah. really great. And that's what a Zelda like game is. To it me. Sounds like, Maybe they might be getting back to that for Zelda for Wii U. We'll see. Open I don't world. know. They're going to give us a big open world, but they're still going to block. Because, I mean, Link to the Past had a big open world, but you couldn't go to most of it until yeah. you'd done things in a certain order. Yeah. Whereupon I found Labyrinth 8. I got the candle fairly early on, and I found Labyrinth 8 like <laughs> yeah. when I was looking for three. I mean, I know. I, I it's was so cool. Like, I was like, what's this little bush um, over here? And, I brought, and of I was course, like, there's games like that now. There's Skyrim. Skyrim's mm-hmm. a really yeah. good example of that. Same. And that's what we all like about it. Mm-hmm. It's that big investment and exploration and, and just time take, taking, seeing what, what's in, probing the corners of the world, but yeah. thinking that you're probably going to get killed doing that. Love that. Love it about Zelda. The final paragraph of the Zelda write-up goes, Whatever system you play The Legend of Zelda on, you'll likely have a blast. Just stay away from those awful Philips CDI sequels. Oh, not really sequels. Those games really? are great. <laughs> they are so okay. cool, and the art in the packaging is awesome. And they have this yeah. like super goofy sprite art. I'm yeah. infatuated with this. Please, please, please let our readership know that you're speaking with irony, though. I'm Sam. not. I mean, they're, they're Wand of gr- Gamelon is so cool. Oh, Wand of Gamelon is awful. Oh, yeah. they're, they're, I, I have a feeling. Well, yeah, they're bad. They're bad games. I yeah. like bad games. Let right. me just point that out. Mm-hmm. I'm not being, you know facetious here though i think they're fascinating pieces of licensed nintendo like foolishness which one's the uh top down one where you play as princess zelda that's one of gamelon yeah that's one of gamelon okay yeah that's it but yeah, it's still bad they I all mean, have really great uh, voice acting and spectacular cutscenes yeah. with great animation 
56 is Mario Brothers, the original Mario Brothers. I dig that game. Uh, I like that game a lot. And, and uh, the ports are all okay. There's even a really late 2600 port mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. I have the box here, which is really cool to check out. But that, that blows your mind, too, because there's a, you know Nintendo games on Atari still have Nintendo logos. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It just seems weird by the point of Mario Brothers came out. Uh, it's pretty stunted um, graphically. on. That's what's weird. On the NES, they weren't able to make a perfect-looking Mario Brothers game, even though it's a horizontal monitor. Yeah. And it came out, like, at the time, but before the NES, and it, you should be able to do that, but they still made it look kind of crappy. They came super fun. But it's one of that wonderful... We were talking about Joust and Balloon Fight last week. It's that, yeah. that rare genre of games where you're both competing and cooperating yep. at the same time, and that changes from second to second. Uh, that's why I like New Super Mario Brothers. Well, it's one of the reasons I like New Super Mario Brothers Wii is that you can screw with the people you're playing with or you can help them out, and that's a second-by-second choice. So if mm-hmm. you just decide to be helpful, you can. If you just decide you want to be a jerk to your best friend, you have that opportunity. And, and it's the game that made Mario a plumber. It mm-hmm. added pipes, it added turtles. Like, when you only play Super Mario Brothers, it is so wacky and out of the blue. Yeah. But Mario Brothers kind of has context because Mario yeah. is like a construction worker and, and like he, he has this like blue collar mentality to him. And in this game, it's like, well, you know, he's given up his construction job. job. He's going to clean out the sewers. And then Super Mario Brothers is just like everybody's been turned into bricks. You're killing right. them yeah. when you hit them. <laughs> well, that's a, I think it's Jeremy Parrish who said that that he feels like Mario Two is really where the Mario universe gains background context in a story because you. you You've got the characters. Because you, Mario's sleeping the whole well, time? No, oh, my sleeping. God, that's yeah. a spoiler. <laughs> Mario, subcon? No! He was asleep? You know, but, I only uh, got that subcon joke, like, five years ago. Oh, really? Subconscious. Yeah, just, like, I never even put that together. The I name of all the that. enemies yeah. are subcons. Yeah, the, the king, he's because in subcon. That's the name of the land he's in, is subcon. Yeah. He's in the subconscious. I didn't even, uh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. But now See, I'm trying to remember. We're educating people, Damon. What game did I encounter first, Super Mario Brothers or Mario Brothers? That's what mm. I always try to remember. I know it was Super Mario Brothers for, so me. Too, okay. for me. Mario Brothers for me, definitely, because that same Chuck E. Cheese had a Mario, Mario Brothers before it got a Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah. So. so when you saw that, you're like, super, it must be even better. Yeah, and then, and then I played it. And my, yeah, I mean, the first 10 seconds of Super Mario Brothers, running to the right, jumping over the Goomba, and I did manage to get that far, and then figuring out what I'm supposed to hit. I, try, I kept trying to step on the question mark block. When I finally hit yeah. it with my head and it clicked, I was yeah. just like, and it just the keeps going. The clue is going. that he keeps his hand above his head. Yeah. Um, that's another game that's all about exploration. There's so many secrets in that game. Um, yeah. uh, did you guys know that Satoru Iwata made a, a joke about the Super Bowl saying, like, we dropped the term super from our stuff or something like that which i thought was interesting because super is still in front of all the mario games but he yeah. meant i think he yeah. was making a super nintendo joke he might be we also we all thought that super wii is like the better name right than the wii U. well there was well. super but in, and in japan you had shin for everything for the super famicom everything shin this and shin that which is like new or super ish yeah, uh, shin yeah exactly like shin megami tensei uh Apparently. shin uh, well shin megami uh, megami tensei is like venus story and mm-hmm. shin is new um it all goes back to megami tensei which yeah. is a series about yeah it's a whole thing um has there ever been a greater leap in, in, in premise and concept from Mario Brothers to Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, just it's the crazy. scrolling alone. Yeah. Ooh, 57 is Mega Man. The Mega original Man. Mega Man for NES in Guts 1987. Man. That's my least favorite level in any Mega Man game is Guts Man. The Guts Man level, yeah. which is the one you should do first. Yeah, because yeah, it has the uh, those rails that go back and forth and just dump mm-hmm. you into the nether. I remember uh, being on the playground in elementary school and my friend telling me, there's this new game called Mega Man it has amazing graphics yeah. and I was like awesome He's like, what just are like graphics <laughs> really yeah I had no idea that's they, they awesome hold up, hold up the box art and be like it looks yeah. just like this <laughs> but this is like 
he like had to explain to me what graphics are. And oh, okay, and that's because Nintendo Power explained that really clearly. Right. I'm sure. Well, um, we all learned that bits were important at that point. I mean, the more bits you had, the better it was. We learned and, that and, later on. And megabits. And you know, ba- blast bits. processing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. We, a lot of important. So things. Mega Man, um, I didn't, I didn't catch Mega Man until I played it retroactively because it wasn't ne- not really, it was not really a hit. But mm-hmm. man, they they blew well, up Mega Man Two on the yeah. cover of Nintendo mm-hmm. Power, yep. and then all the and I've I've tweeted this some I- images from that issue several times because like in my mind. They show like like the big tiger that like shoots the fire swoop down at you in Mega Man Two, and they show like the big fish underwater that spits out fish at you. They're, that type of like large, beautiful, yeah. uh, hand drawn graphics converted into pixel art is my favorite thing about video games of that era. Like mm. I think it's so aesthetically pre- pleasing and beautiful, and I love seeing those pictures in Nintendo Power. This, this is also a, a game with a big nonlinear component, yep. like you're talking about with Zelda. Yeah, you got six different levels, go six different ways yeah. to do it, and it's got a lot of weird looking acronyms in it too. You still have a score in Mega Man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a score bar. You know, some some old things that they that they toss later the on. Energy pellets are just white things. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't flash in the first one, do they? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, and uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. But it's it's a wonderful nonlinear, make your own path kind of game. There is a right way to do it if you're trying to optimize it. But it's so cool. But you had to figure that out on your own. I played Mega Man uh, before Mega Man Two because of Jeff Rovin's book, actually, uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of those How to Win at Nintendo Games books, mm-hmm. and it described Mega Man, but it had no pictures. Oh, yeah, of course, so I yeah. had the craziest idea of what Mega Man was like. Yeah. And when I went and found it at the at the video store and rented it, I was just like, whoa. You know, fortunately, it was just so aesthetically pleasing. So the next one in this book is, is Metroid. And we talked about Zelda and Mega Man. Like, these games are are console adventure games. Like, yeah. they, they don't work in the arcade because yeah. they don't they just don't work. And then they don't work on PC because they require a really nice precision control, controller, yeah. which kind mm-hmm. of existed at the time, but it needed to be universalized so it could be perfected. Yeah. And games like Mega Man and Metroid, like, they require really like importantly precise controls right and you had that you had the one button limitation on the popular home uh, gaming computers at the yeah. time like the Commodore 64 most of those only had one input button you really needed two and PCs could not until really really until John Carmack figured out how to do it with Commander Keen didn't do scrolling well uh, the, the technology yeah, the existed, but nobody figured it out so right. Well. So you could do that with these and have these wonderful exploratory environments. Metroid probably sold more graph paper in 1987 than mm. any scientific and application. You, that wouldn't have helped you. Uh, what, you had to wait a couple years until the Nintendo Power came out with a Q&A section to get anywhere. I, had the, I uh, made my own maps, man. I had, I had well, great I, maps. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, it's so hard to like figure out like the weirder stuff, like getting through it fast and like, stuff oh, yeah. like that without knowing. I had, I, what, I don't know, I had the book, what was it, the official Nintendo... Player's, yeah, player's Guide, guide. The one? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it wasn't hardcover of mine, but like. Was it black? It was black, and then it had yeah. like layouts of all the maps for all these different games. Right. Yeah. Commando yeah, was in book. there. Yeah. Why would they have maps for Commando? They just it's just all a long up? lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's just a straight lineup. <laughs> yep, that's that's kind of great. Yeah. But Metroid 2 uh, is I first think game. Warriors was in there too. First game with mini bosses that I remember mm. was, was uh, both Kraid and. You mean uh, Metroid also, not Metroid? Uh, Metroid, yeah, 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 the original Metroid also. Yeah, Metroid 2, that's a whole other can of worms. Well, and that term became a thing. Boss was a thing that kind of started around then. Yeah. And then Mini Boss, mm. we know, would have been shortly after that. But they, yeah, I remember Nintendo Power using those terms, right? Which is really strange. What, what part of the, what series is this one in? This is the adventure series, okay, of okay. Uh, NES games. It's also a password pack. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember the password to enter for uh, Justin, Justin Bailey? Bailey. Yep. Uh, also, fantastic music in Metroid. Incredible, Ooh, great music, incredible music. I think it's Justin Bailey. Then zero 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 zero. Uh, actually, it's underline. Underline. Uh, yeah, dash 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 dash. 
Uh, 59 is Minor 2049er for ColecoVision. Do minor, you have this one? Yeah. Minor, I didn't have it, but I know it. I've played it a lot. Um, it's sort of like Donkey Kong. Um, it's another one. popular. Of, yeah, especially, again, as I understand, especially in Europe um, as, a, as a PC game. But the Coleco port's good. I'm not crazy about it. Um, but you do. it's a lot of hopping around and awkwardly jumping over gaps and smashing boulders. Um, I yeah, it's, think it gets it, – it, there's just other games I'd rather be playing of that type, um, but it's an I, okay game. I really like the load runner, like one-screen puzzle game right. type sense, and like, like that's what I always liked about those yeah. games. And I like this game a lot for that reason. Uh, Mindstorm. Yeah. And is, Mindstorm 2 for the, Vectrex. This is the pack-in for Vectrex. Hmm. This came with every Vectrex, and it is a knockoff of Asteroids, and mm-hmm. it came with a little gel for the background to make it color. But really, it's just an Asteroids game at home, and you couldn't make Asteroids at home look like the arcade because you needed a vector monitor. Right. And that's what the Vectrex was. It was a vector monitor with a little bit of uh, stuff in it that could also read software. And, and it was vertical. So fascinating. And it was vertical. Yeah, it was vertical. weird. It's Unlike a vertical orientation. TV. So yeah. any picture tube, I keep, we keep on mentioning this, maybe we should explain it. Any picture tube you can ever get that's four by three, it's four by three is the proportions. So you can turn it on its side and you can program your game to be totally, uh, you know, by three by four, essentially. But yep. otherwise, it'd be four by three. So there's these picture tubes that are out there that are generally purposed in everything um, from, you know, scientific equipment to arcade machines and TVs. And so they just, like, they could make a, a home vector system by mm-hmm. just making a vector monitor using one of those picture tubes vectors are so cool i love vector graphics so I like vector thing. if you graphics, guys don't know what beautiful. that is don't go on youtube and look up vector graphics from mame you got to get somebody to shoot it off screen because yeah. if you have never played a vector game like you deserve to it's it's a type of graphics that will go away permanently soon because picture tubes are not being manufactured anymore it's this inky black star field with like crazy cool uh bright laser lines drawn on and it. And the it's fidelity, so brightness, and color, you just have to be in the room. I, I, I would dare say that even off-screen doesn't yeah. quite capture it. You've, you've just got to walk in the room and see it. On, yeah, on I own machines. several vector games and work on the monitors, and they are a beast, and I'm trying to preserve them for as long as they can. They're incredible. Stuff. 61 is Missile Command. Very cool game. Yeah, and uh, which port, which which version are they going this with? Is, they have both Atari 2600 and 5200 on there. They did a good job with the 2600 port, even though you lose all two of the bases and you're using the mm. single fire button. I actually feel that makes Missile Command a little more playable. Uh, you also lose the bombers, um, but I'm okay with that because the bombers are horrible and evil. Um, uh, Missile Command. There's the something that flew over you in the Atari one, right? Yeah, you just have missiles that split, but they That's actually it. they, they do get rid of the bombers. The yeah, they get rid of the plane. Man, that's um, silly. I don't remember that. But I mean, it I works. It, but... it works. I played a lot of that game. There's a um, picture of the bomber right here. Maybe yeah, that's a 5200 one. That's that probably was 5200 yeah. one. Yeah, which is much more arcade accurate than yeah. the 2600 version. And uh, if it weren't for that, the problem with 5200 games is the stupid joystick. Um, I mean, you can wrap rubber, wrap rubber bands around it or something, or you can use a second party one, but or pardon me, third party one. But the Atari 5200 was a system with several great arcade ports, ports and the the worst controller ever. Well, so it yeah. was a stick worse that than didn't... the Atari Jaguar controller. Yes, you think? Wow. it was oh, a yeah, stick it, that didn't recenter. It didn't recenter. So it, what you could do is you could take a rubber band and wrap it one way, and then a yeah. rubber band that wrap it the other way, and it would make this little barrier. I actually took four rubber bands. Yeah, you had to wrap it. That I used four. Yeah. yeah, and then it would make a little grid around the stick, and it would center, and it was mm-hmm. actually playable. Otherwise, it just felt flaccid. I think that's the best word for it. And, yeah, if and, you let go, it would just fall to the bottom. Yeah, of the... yeah. And it also broke all the time. That's the other part. It's almost impossible to find working ones. Not only was it was it uh, bad to control, but it was shoddy. It broke mm-hmm. constantly. That's why I say it's worse. The, the Jaguar controller was huge and ugly and terrible, but it doesn't break all that often. Mm-hmm. 
62 is Moon Patrol for the Atari 5200. Such a wonderful game. Great yeah. game. I love really the, good music. Uh, the graphics and the look mm-hmm. of this game. Yeah, great music. Great. Lo- you gotta uh, check out the music, just Damon, because it's all about the bass line. It's really fun. Oh, yeah. Do, 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 well, do, I do believe uh, Damon Hatfield's responsible for a uh, track called Moon Patrol, right? It's true. It's true. And also a very bass-heavy track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was my favorite uh, cocktail game to play at one point, mm. and I always used to do that. But now a friend of mine in the neighborhood that we both collect arcade games, he has a really nice stand-up Moon Patrol that we're working on right now, and I just love it. I love everything cu- about it. On a couple Home versions of, are fine. On a couple of occasions, I've driven to Museum Mechanique just to play the Moon Patrol machine yeah, there. I great. love that game. Uh, the Moon Patrol, actually, the home versions are kind of are set up to use Atari hardware really nicely. They, mm-hmm. they look great. Yeah. You can do everything you can do in the arcade. They're great. The 2600 port's really good. Yeah, that's what I always played. Was the original it's arcade awesome. version uh, an Atari game? Yes, yeah. it's an Atari no, game. No, it's not. What? Moon Patrol? No, Moon Patrol's a Williams game. Is that Williams? Mm-hmm. I thought it was Atari. Oh, well, yeah. there we go. My ignorance shines forth. Yeah, and in fact, it has really cool uh, W. Williams uh, stuff in the side art, which is really pretty. Uh, Mousetrap for yeah. ColecoVision. This is my I, – okay, I'm going to walk back what I said last episode that my top want is Tapper right now. Mm. My most desired arcade machine is Mousetrap, and it will always be because Buckner and Garcia wrote a song about it, first yep. of all. That's the kicker on their fantastic Fat Pac-Man Beaver album. My favorite song on it. Now, because I'm sick of all the others. I like do the Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah, I know. But I like Defender. Oh, do the is great. Yeah. Uh, Hyperspace is awesome. Yeah. Push on the button. <laughs> but uh, I really like... That uh, is a really great album. I, yeah, I really like Mousetrap. Uh, Cheese was the bait. There's really weird lyrics in it. But in this arcade game, you had a dog button. And there's a big uh, uh, green button that you're like a mouse going around. And you can hit it. Hit the dog button, you turn into a dog, you can eat all the things that are going to eat you. It's so cool. It's the only yeah, game yeah. I can like, think of. Oh, go ahead. But it's just like, as a dog, you eat the cats, right? Yeah. It's kind of messed up. Oh, it's sort of like Choo Choo Rocket taking one step further. You know, the cats like, are going to eat you. Cats are eating well, the mice, like, so the dog yeah. eats the cat. And that's I think kinda... you're just not knocking them out. Yeah. You don't think so? I hear... Anyway. You ever seen a dog kill a cat? It's a sad thing. Okay, Jared. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I didn't want to see it. Wait, why? Just, just look away. Keep that to yourself. I didn't yeah. watch like in morbid fascination. Okay. I was okay. just like, oh, man. Let's talk about Mr. Do. That'll cheer me up. We Mr. already talked Do. about Mr. Do. Yeah. I just, I love the logo. It's like candy cane. Oh, that cane. It's port like, of Mousetrap is really good, too. It's like candy cane striped. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, great. it's cute. And that's because of the back of the arcade machine. There's this wheel. It's just like this bizarre wheel on the uh, above the monitor, which has that rainbow coloring. It's really cool. I do think we need to talk about Mr. Deuce Sprite for just a second in the Coleco port, though, which is the one here. Well, what is that? Because he doesn't look like Mr. Do, yeah, and I can't. He looks quite... a little bit, a little bit uh, iffy on the, uh, the 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 hooded, <laughs> hooded person. Side. Yeah, that, there's. I think there's just something un- unintentionally offensive about that version, which stinks because the arcade game is mm. so bright and brilliant looking, and it's one of the things I like about it. But our author here, Brett Weiss, apparently reviewed the Super Nintendo version of Mr. Do for Game Informer. Nice. That Super Nintendo version is so good. I've never played never it. It's a really this. rare cartridge, and uh, they actually keep the horizontal or the vertical orientation by putting scoring stuff on the right side. Do you know who did it? Uh, it says Universal in it. I think it's... Uh, I can't remember who did it. That's fascinating. I know. That shouldn't have happened. Huh? No, it shouldn't have. That's really amazing. Followed by Mr. Dew's Castle. So, okay, is Mr. Dew's Castle's uh, one? more I, of a climbing game, I have game, a Mr. Right? Dew's Castle machine. I love it. I love that game. So there's these unicorns that are kind of like dragons, and they're attacking yeah. you. 
But uh, you have a hammer, and it, it plays out like Donkey Kong, but there's so many iterations of the level. So it's like Donkey Kong 94 with, like, mm. all these different mm. levels, all these different ladders. You're being beset upon. It's kind of like Bubble Bobble, too, I'll say that, because uh, uh, there's a timer, and every once in a while, all the enemies will turn into really deadly enemies. Mm-hmm. Look at that cocktail so table. Finish it up. That's so yeah. pretty. That looks really nice. Um, yeah, you guys will uh, have to check out Mr. Dew's Castle. We actually have that in one of our multi-cades here. Can we just call it Mr. Dew and the Unicorns now and forever? Because that's a much I know. Isn't that a name. Great, that's, great name? That's wonderful. Now, they have uh, Miss Pac-Man for the Atari 7800. Oh, and Mr. Dew's Wild yeah. Ride is the roller coaster one that I couldn't remember earlier. Uh, not uh, like not Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? Mr. Yeah, Dew's Wild Mr. Ride? Yeah, Mr. Dew's Wild Ride. Wow, Isn't that great? Weird. It's interesting because the original Pac-Man for 2600 is infamously terrible. Yeah, now, Miss Pac-Man Mr. for the 2600 is much better. Okay. And Miss Pac-Man for the 7800, again, is, is a little step above that. I, I don't think this would be a top 100 console game for me. Not not from those years. There's a much better. Uh, there have been better versions of it since, and it still stretches the screen out, which I don't like with with these. Uh, just like Sam was talking about yeah. with horizontal versus vertical oriented games, but it's a fine home version other than the stretching. Uh, it, it's, it's the nice. NES version's bizarre. It has a uh, scrolling for top to bottom mm-hmm. thing, which really messes up Pac-Man. But in Miss Pac-Man, it, it's a Tengen game. Yep. It has uh, there's two versions of it actually. There's a licensed and unlicensed. But uh, yep. th- there's a co-op. Or competitive slash co-op Miss mm-hmm. Pac-Man, yeah. And you're two Miss Pac-Man, and you go around the maze. You can hit each other, and it's nuts. It's totally insane. I heard an interview once with a guy that programmed that, and he said that what they did, they didn't have the source code anymore from yeah. from uh, Namco, so they gave him a Miss Pac-Man machine, and they rigged jury rigged a pause button. Yeah. And so he would just pause the game, copy all the pixels down on graph paper, unpause, pause the game, copy it, and that's how he ported I think it that over. That interview so was on Retronauts. I think it the was. Tank yeah. Guys were yeah. all on there. Uh, Franz Lanzinger and. Other guys. Right, they're uh, speaking Castle's of guy, right? Tengen, Pac-Man yeah. for NES. Oh, there we go. That's the next game. Yeah, it, it, they did a pretty good job with it. There's three different cartridges for of this. There's mm-hmm. uh, the art, the blue Pac-Man art, and mm-hmm. then there's a different. There's a kind of a light green Pac-Man art, and then there's the black cartridge. So if for your you NES completists out there, there's three different Tengen Pac-Mans. One of them's unlicensed, and two of them are licensed. No, was, was this just Namco's Japanese Famicom Pac-Man repackaged, or would, did they do this internally in Tengen? This one. They I don't must know. have done it inter- internally. Okay. Uh, I, um, I don't know. I, just I, don't I know. haven't played the Famicom one. You know what's bizarre, though? Tengen is Atari. And Tengen's another mm. word in the game Go, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Atari is. And uh, they, they only made that company so they could, uh, well, eventually, so they could make a bunch of things that Nintendo didn't mm-hmm. license. Yeah. So they could work around Nintendo's licensing. But um, Tengen stuff that's licensed is really weird to me to see because it's an Atari game. Yeah. Like we were saying before, there's Nintendo games on Atari, yeah. like Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong. Now there's also Atari games on a Nintendo system a few years after that. Blows they my mind. Weren't supposed to be Console there. Console Wars but didn't exist for an Atari and Nintendo. For they found reason. a way. You know that whole story. That's a fascinating story. How yeah, they, they bypassed the lockout chip. Here's PBA bowling for Intellivision. It should be PBR bowling. That's okay. how I prefer my bowling. Yeah, I know. PBA be. bowling is legit good. Uh, it's varied. There's a lot of different some, options. Uh, it simulates nice, real big, bowling. Uh, sprites for a yeah. television game. Yeah, and you got the you had that that again one of those card layovers. The Intellivision had that keypad controller. It had yeah. it had the oh, disc, the control disc, and four action buttons. And underneath that, you had the keypad. And they use the keypad well in this. It gives you a lot of different options uh, for how you put, I guess, I don't know what you call it in bowling, putting English on the ball uh, for, for how you let go and where and where you're trying to set. It's a good game. And it, in terms of fundamental gameplay, bowling games have not advanced much since this. I mean, Wii bowling. bowling would probably be the only uh, the yeah. only step beyond. Can I, I really like the Capcom bowling? one. 
What's that? The Capcom one in arcades. Oh, the trackball one? Yeah. That's fun. I like the game. It's really simple, but it's cool. Uh, Pango. Yeah. We yeah, talked like about Pango. this last episode. Yeah. Right. I love Pango. It's a it's a maze game, but you get to push around blocks of ice, and there's some like really cool mechanics if you can survive because that game's really really hard. It's a Sega game originally, right? Yeah. Also, da- Damon, you sent out a, a, a you asked us last episode what our favorite penguin games or favorite penguins and video games were. Somebody wrote uh, to me or to us and said that uh, Arkham Asylum was their favorite. It's uh, pretty good. Or Arkham City was their favorite game. Pretty like penguin clever. Game. I like I that. that was... I like that. Pepper two, the legend pepper of Curly's gold two. <laughs> so there is no, there is no pepper one. Did you guys know that? I yeah. have never pepper, played pepper two. Pepper this two is for is, ColecoVision here. Right? Yeah, it's an awesome black and white uh, Exidy uh, arcade game. It's super super cool. It's, it's Exidy. Yeah, it's really rare. And uh, who made this? Who made this one? Uh, I mean, Coleco published the ColecoVision version. Yeah, Pepper 2 is really early X-City hardware. And, it's, yeah, as I said, it's black and white, so they, I think they colored it for this. I think there's just, like, a colored gel over the screen. But it's a maze game. You're Pepper 2 in it. The side art is really funny. It has, you know, a fruit. X-City, they did both Death Race and Chiller, right? Was that, were those both X-City games? Yeah. Death Race, they, they did, they did Chiller, too? Uh, yeah. They also did Mousetrap. Right. Oh, they did a lot of good games. Yeah, I just was, But I, I couldn't remember if they did both of those or not, and you're, you're always the right guy to ask about arcade. How about Phoenix? All right, Phoenix for the 2600. Woohoo. One. Yeah, I'm going to wave my arms here. It The arcade game is a really neat, strange kind of Galaga-esque shooter with some neat neat features and kind of weird sound. It's almost kind of, kind of a, a janky, imprecise feel By to Century. It, but it's really neat. Yeah, and, and but they were based in Arizona and called They're the game based Phoenix. They in Phoenix. Right, Century so. in Phoenix. And uh, so the game's called Phoenix. It's got big birds. The Atari port is a five-stage and then cycles through um, shooter with a boss where enemies come diving down at you. It has really neat sound effects, a force field that you use to bail yourself out of situations, birds whose wings regrow. It is in every way superior to Demon Attack, which is still a good game, but Phoenix is prettier, sounds better, looks better. Yeah, it's been growing me. Like, I'm sick of Galaga now, but I, I know it's like one of the best games ever, but mm-hmm. I, I really like Phoenix for all its differences. Hmm. That is really yeah. cool. Yeah, the box, the art, art, the box art is incredible. Basically a, a space temple made out of an eagle. Yep. It's so cool. Phoenix shipped. I want, I want games to look like this. Yeah, I know. I can't, games suck what? now. <laughs> like, they don't look like, like that. they're supposed to look like. I know. I know. They, uh, I think it's, um, I think it was Phoenix that shipped with one of the Atari Force comics yeah. uh, based on Phoenix, and the story in that that comics is, it's pretty rad. Uh, I, I recommend anybody can dig that up and find a copy somewhere. How about Pickaxe Pete for Odyssey Two? Yeah, I never played Pickaxe Pete. It's a climbing slash non-scrolling platformer. Yeah, I think this is, falls into the dig dig category, but mm. I'm, uh, I, people are going to need to write in and tell us some memories of this one. Uh, oh. I know that name, and I don't know. If I, it doesn't seem like that would be an Odyssey only thing because I just remember it, from, and I can't remember why. Well, we do know Pitfall. All right, so yeah, Pitfall, uh, wonderful game, and ColecoVision apparently. Uh, yeah, and it, it got ported a lot of places uh, to some home, com- home computers too. But the uh, it was the part of Pitfall: The Mine Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. For SNES oh. and Genesis. Uh, so this this is a game that invents uh, or that uh, adds several things to, to home console gaming. There's a big world to explore um, with all kinds of neat places to see. Uh, 255 screens, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. There's a 20 minute time limit. There is a way to win the game by finding all. 32 treasures 
uh, before time runs out. Uh, to do that, you've got to know the map precisely. You've got to experiment over and over. Use underground shortcuts. All kinds of, uh, of difficult jumps. You can, in fact, run to the left. And there's a really fascinating story about that the David Cranes told about how they, they didn't really uh, anticipate how people would take advantage of that because running to the left meant that if you died, Pitfall dropped on the other side of the screen across from whatever killed you. So it ended up people almost always went left to try to beat the game, which it's just neat stuff. What so, we, yeah, game. we saw a classic game post-mort on Pitfall at GDC a few years ago. And this is like one of the games where you can hold this up and point to, uh, just on a frozen screen, all the things that they're like completely hacking the hardware to do in bizarre ways to make that game work. Because everything on Atari should be essentially Pong or combat. Right. That's what that system is made to do, variations of those games. So there's really cool stuff to save memory. Like, for instance, one simple thing is that the branches of the tree up at the top are the same as Pitfall Harry's legs. Yeah, yeah, there's a piece of it. There's a lot of reused real estate yeah. like that because you could get away with drawing it over and over as long as you did it vertically. And those guys at Activision were so good that they could time it down to... I mean, pixel's the wrong word for the Atari, but the down to the spot on the beam. Yeah. Um, do you remember playing this in the, at, back in the day? Oh, for sure. We yeah. had it. We had it for our twenty six hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay. I played it on somehow in Commodore sixty four on like no. a bo- bootleg pack or something. Actually, I think okay. There's a version that came with Gary Kitchen's Game Maker for the sixty four as yeah, a pack in, and I think there may be an official port to the C sixty four of Pitfall. Mm-hmm. There so. must have been because I got it on one of those. You know, here's every game on the sixty four. I also remember playing Pitfall two, on uh, the seventy eight hundred. Uh, so is that the same as Pitfall 2 on, on NES? Um, no, you're thinking no. Super Pitfall. That's Super different. Pitfall. Yeah, that no, game no. is hot garbage. Yeah, yeah, that game's terrible. But Pitfall 2 is good. Yeah. Um, what do you talk about it, Damon? You this said is you the one it. where you're like your like coyote friend is lost in the caves. Oh, oh no. Isn't mm-hmm. his name like Shaky or something? I don't remember his name. He's like – so in, in the very first screen, you can see your coyote friend. But he's like – I don't know if he's a dog, but he's standing up like a human. And he's shaking because he's scared and lost. And then you have to spend the entire game finding your way through the caves to save him. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And this game it's has not a lot of master. It's not in a dungeon or a, a jungle. But no, it's, like it's just underground. In underground in caves. And they added a lot of things. They added, they added vertical scrolling. Uh, they added checkpoints for when you die. So when you die in Pitfall 2, you don't stay dead. You just go back to the last checkpoint. And the checkpoints are actually visible on the map as little crosses. But you crosses. actually like warp through – like back through mm-hmm. like – Walls and, and yeah. through ground. So they made yeah. it into a, a adventure game. Uh, yeah, kind of. It, it has uh, a secret more contemporary adventure. Yeah, game, it has a secret ending. Um, yeah, like more like a contemporary adventure game. Also, the twenty six hundred version had special sound hardware in it, so it has a theme song playing mm. uh, the whole time. David Crane invented yeah, a chip. They didn't sort that out originally. What's that? They weren't able to sort that out originally. No, they, they put it in their in the their own chip to do it. And then I think when you die, it pays like the theme in like a minor key. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's higher. Uh, Popeye for the NES. I loved this game. I had this on my NES. The, arc- the arcade game was the very ports, cool. I think this is one of the better ones that Nintendo did. The arcade game is fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wide, wide. Uh, uh, it was a, so horizontal uh, screen. I had this in my house for a long time. Scott uh, Bromley owns one of these. A really nice uh, upright Popeye machine. Nice. I got to play it a lot. It has mm-hmm. these interesting type of Nintendo graphics, which are composed of very large blocks for the background like almost like atari looking like big blocks and then in the foreground there's very small sprites of uh, very detailed sprites of the characters of course donkey kong was supposed to be popeye yeah popeye Hmm. uh, was a license they couldn't get for donkey kong and then they became you know uh, nintendo became a best-selling game maker and and they got the license i'm glad this game happened the way it did honestly it's a neat little game there's nothing quite like it even now i played the terrible 2600 version as Mm. a kid a lot and uh didn't have the nes version until i rented it years later and and really like it yeah basically in every level you collect 
like 20 of something. Yeah. And, Isn't in, it and it's, they're usually dropping. Hearts? So there's hearts on the yeah. first level. Okay. It's music notes on the next level. And on the yeah. final level, it's hearts again. And you're the final level is on a ship? A pirate ship. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to keep things from dropping to the bottom. So they're falling constantly. So you're trying to catch them, but you're being pursued. Yeah. You're managing Bluto, a yeah. rampaging Bluto. Yeah. yeah. And he's super dangerous, but you can drop a bucket on his head. You can yeah. punch him with spinach. But you can only eat spinach like once per round. Is that right? I think it's once per there's round. Per life, too. Because if you die, it'll reload. It was a very cool game. Uh, now, I love the arcade game Kicks. I never played it on a, the Atari 5200. The 5200 version of Kicks uh, is great, competent. but suffers from that terrible controller. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that if you have like a second party controller, I keep saying second party, it's wrong with me. A third party controller, it's just fine. Or you play it on an emulator, it's fine. Uh, There's it's a, a nice NES version, but it's much. It's long after 87. Yeah, that that came along like in the gosh, it's like it was late. Wasn't this it? game gets overlooked a lot. It's it's a Taito game that was in um, arcades, and it doesn't really make sense as too much as an arcade game. It's kind of, it's fast paced, I guess, yeah, but it's very yeah. it's it's puzzly, but it's also I don't know how to describe it. It's really hard, mm-hmm. but once you get the hang of it, now have the little tricks like making a little hook out of the blocks. Yep, it's super fun, and yeah. you can get your scores up really high. One you thing, can. one thing they missed that uh, kicks clones in later years would sort out is that. Uh, uh, as you marked off parts of the board, you would unveil like a, a picture of something. A pattern. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, a picture, uh, really? like Gal Panic. Well, so Gal Panic would be yeah. pictures of, of sexy ladies. Yeah. Really? But there's other things, too, that oh, would just cool. like... Those are still in Japanese arcades. You'll find yeah. them sometimes in the back rooms. There'll be, it's a like, version Gal's of Panic. Kicks? It's Kicks, except, yeah, it's revealing a picture of a scantily clad or unclad person. What's the, um, uh, what's the Kicks in it? The little uh, star cluster thing. I don't remember. It's just a little note or a star or whatever. But yeah, so you want to be able I, I never wanted to be girls. seen near the machine, so I never played too much. This game and Defender kind of imitated vector graphics. They're like really bold, bright lines, but they weren't vector games. They yeah. look really cool. Yeah. Quick Kicks also uh, lived on my Game Boy for a couple of years. Yeah, that was uh, a good Game I, Boy game. Surprisingly, because hmm. it's really about two colors, yeah. and like, yeah. color, but it does not doesn't matter. You they just, just use the patterns. contrast to make just it like work. Tetris, right? Yeah, exactly. Nice to see the Sega Master System represented here. Rambo: First Blood Part Two. I it's, want to play this after seeing this. Like it looks, yeah, that, looks cool. This is the rare Ma- Master System uh, box art that doesn't mm-hmm. suck. Yep. It's well, just it's Rambo. the same it's setup though. It's a w- black and white grid with one little thing on it. But, but at least they've got cool. like him looking cool. It's not like this cartoon wrestler holding his own head. I've only seen one and a half Rambo movies, but the first movie has nothing to do with Rambo. You know, Ram- like, like the first, first Rambo blood. Movie? Yeah. yeah, it's just like a, he, a, a like a, a guy with PTSD holding himself up and causing he a lot of havoc. Only yeah. kills one person in that movie, and it's an accident. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah so of, yeah. And, but then too, like I only saw half of it, and it's like basically it's like yeah. you get to go back to war and. He's like, yes, kill everybody. And then he just kills everybody. Yeah. Well, they, they, they tone it down. It was based on a, a very popular novel where he kills everybody in horrible, horrible ways. And for the film, they're like, they, they actually coined a term carnography uh, for the novel when it mm-hmm. came out in popular culture and uh, scaled it way back because they wanted the movie for him to be much more sympathetic. So and, anybody and play this game? Yes, I played a lot of this game, actually. It looks like um, Commando or Akari Warriors? Uh, yes, it's, a, it's better than both. I think uh, it's yeah, it's a really engaging strong word. I know home Akari Warriors. Okay, Akari Warriors favorites. in the arcade is a lot of fun, but Akari Warriors home version is kind of terrible. Oh, people uh, really like that game. I, I remember mean, all my friends like that's this, all I had. I, one, two, I and played, three. I played the hell out of it. Rambo feels more like more like <laughs> a um, a more colorful version of Guerrilla War. If you ever played that on NES and a oh, little I liked harder. Guerrilla War too. I, well, that was like uh, the same guys that did uh, that was SNK also, right? That did Akari yeah, Warriors. Yeah, I, I really feel like it's it's just pr- it's prettier than Akari Warriors. It doesn't have that kind of janky early SNK game feel. Uh, it's much, much smoother. I really like Rambo. It's, it's a fun game. They got River Raid on here. Super cool scrolling shooter game for yep. a 
2600, and ColecoVision. Man, programming that thing was was a nightmare on the 2600. They, they had to invent a way to spontaneously create levels as they're going because they couldn't put didn't have enough memory to put the map for uh, for River Raid in the cartridge. Hmm. So it's they figured out a way to realist or to reliably generate them on the fly. It's a, it's a really neat. That's meditation. not what I expected the box art to look like for. River well, that's Raid. that's that's not the River Raid's original. Yeah, that's something else. I know. What's of. going on in that? There's like a, a volcano exploding. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for there. See, this is the box. Yeah, that's right. yeah 2600 River Raid art is great. Um, but in, this is a good shooter. In uh. 1983, Electronic Games Magazine wrote, one of the best blood and thunder blast ups ever inserted into a VCS slot. Wow. I think when we read parts of um, that book previously... Yeah, they video games. That, the they use some uh, genres like blast em up in that. Remember, blood and thunder. So, River Raid is one of the one of those games that you can sit down with twenty six hundred, turn on, and it's still f- just fun. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of fun. It's pick up and play great. Next game is Robotron twenty eighty four. They put down the fifty two hundred version. Uh, not I, buying it. I'm I not remember buying. you could play this at home. Okay, I remember be playing this with my buddy on a seventy eight hundred. And what was awesome about it is that you could plug in two joysticks, and You'd one person to. one person could move, and yeah. the other could shoot. Because you can't hold them both. But 5200 Robotron, and the reason it makes it to the book is it shipped with this big piece of plastic okay. that you mounted both of your Atari joysticks. Oh you still can get enough so robots can, on screen or you, mutants on yeah, screen. Your create, it created your, your very own pseudo-arcade control scheme, and that's, that's why he's using this one. That's I, clever. I mean, I still – yeah, you can't you can't imitate Robotron. Robotron is a just a masterpiece arcade game with yeah. – Controls and way too much going on, and it's just killer. Which is part of what makes Robotron great is that there's way too much going on. It, it is frantic and wonderful, and I agree with you, Sam. You need to play the arcade version, but kudos to him for trying. Yeah. They've got Scramble on here for Vectrex. Yeah, the now precursor know, to Gradius. Yeah. I know Scramble as an arcade game. I've never seen – I would like to see what it looks like on Vectrex. Vectrex does yeah. a really good job. So that's an interesting case because uh, the, the Scramble, of course, in arcade is, is raster monitor. It's regular monitor. Mm-hmm. So – they thought like, well, how are we gonna how are we gonna do this at home with scrolling and stuff like that? That no systems could do it at the time, yeah. but the Vectrex could do scrolling because it just drew things progressively and did yeah. a really good job with it. Not only that, but Scramble in the arcades was a vertical monitor. Even though it's a horizontal shooter, it's a vertical monitor, and the Vectrex was a vertical monitor, so it was a perfect pairing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the screen proportion, the screen real estate is almost identical to the this arcade. This is just version. a game where you fly from left to right and bomb stuff and shoot stuff. It's yeah. great. If I remember correctly, were you excited to talk about Shark yes. Shark, Jared? Shark 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 is, Shark! It has exclamations. It does have exclamation points. Shark Shark is one of my favorite all-time video games. Wow. Um, it's a two-player simultaneous game where you're a little fish and your friend's a little fish, and there's all these other fish in the screen. By touching any fish smaller than you, you eat it, and you get a little bigger. Hmm. Any fish bigger than you that touches you, you get eaten. And you just keep getting bigger and bigger, which makes the game harder and harder. As you're getting larger, it's harder to dodge the big fish coming after you. And your friend's doing the same thing. And you're either cooperating or competing, depending on whether they're a jerk or not. And there's a shark coming in, and the shark's constantly coming through. Is the shark through. really big in the, the game graphics? The shark's huge. It's like, and yeah. he comes in, he's big. And if he just nicks you, you're dead. But you can bite his tail. Mm-hmm. And if you're good enough at biting his tail, you can actually eat him. And they mm-hmm. get really big. And oh, then these cool. jellyfish and crabs eventually come in. And it, it just gets all crazy. Yeah, that it, sounds great. <laughs> I might have this. I mean, I have a bunch of Intellivision games. I gotta dig in. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a legit like wonderful timeless game that I, I honestly kind of wish somebody would remake for for uh, a download service or something. Mm-hmm. It's on Microsoft Game Room, uh, and I, I play it there sometimes still. Nice. Uh, a game I'm not familiar with, Slither. Roller on controller. ColecoVision. Is it is it like Rattler? Uh, no, Slither is Slither's like a, just a run around the whole screen kind of game. Um, I, I, it's not, 
not quite right like Rattler. It's not quite like Centipede. Right, but it, sorry, Rattler. What am I talking? Nibbler. Oh, Nibbler. No, I haven't played Nibbler. I don't know Nibbler. Okay. That's okay. the um, that's the original um, arcade oh. game where you can eat your tail and stuff. Okay. Well, you said you said Rattler. I was thinking of um, uh, uh, Anteater. So that oh, I don't yeah, think there is a crazy. Rattler actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> anyway, it's neither Nib- one. So, go ahead. No, well, I was just gonna say Nibbler is uh, made by Rockola, who make jukes, made jukeboxes, but it was their their hit game. That's the original game, you know, where you're in a maze and then the, you eat the end of your tail, mm. and then you get long, or you can't eat the end of the tail, yeah. so you're just getting longer and longer. Yeah. It became like a cell phone thing eventually. Yeah. Bootlegs yeah. of it. Snake. I thought that's what this is, but that's not. I always saw the box and thought it was just that. So let's use this roller controller. Yeah. Which in I love nine, that roller controller. In 1983, it cost 70 bucks. Yeah, but it, had, it was the pack end, so you got the game with the roller controller, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, but by 1983, it cost 70 bucks. But by 1984, it cost 10. Uh, okay. So, so that was that was helpful if you were a child. Okay. Uh, but um, no, a few uh, more lawns. It's it's really a it. Mostly, it's optimized to take advantage of the controller, and that's what makes it fun. There's not a lot of good home trackball games. Okay, Solar Fox for the 2600. I don't like Solar Fox. 1983. I, I hope it's better than just... Solar Jet Man. Many things are. Yeah. One of the worst NES games. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember seeing Solar Fox and boxes and stuff. I, I, when I, if I plugged it in, never, I never liked it. I played it. It's, it looks like Omega Race or something like that. No, it's, it don't do not besmirch the mighty name of Omega no, Race. No, it's not like that. No, it's. I don't get. I don't get this one, man. It's Is just it kind just of a, a, it was it's just a mediocre kind of really. But ugly it's a maze shooter. game, and it was a port of an arcade game, a, and they removed all the shooting mechanics. It's barely a maze game, Clever. right? I don't know if I count this as a maze game. It's a game that happens to take place on a grid. I, okay. I don't know, man. You're a big fan, I can tell. What about Space Dungeon? Space Dungeon is rad. Uh, Space Dungeon is the is the spiritual predecessor to Robotron. Uh, a lot of the ideas that came from Robotron were that. But you're moving through rooms in space, shooting stuff with two sticks. So yeah. that's that's a formula for success. It's supposed to be like Wizard of War or something. I don't know. That game's really pretty, though. Yeah, Starfield. it's open screens. Yeah, it's, it, it's, I think it started as Wizard of War, and then somebody got the idea, like, hey, let's just do screen to screen. Yeah. And so you got a lot of open like areas. Berserk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, with twin stick controls. Yeah, the game is super pretty. Plus, uh, Space Dungeon is the coolest name for your comic book store besides Android's Dungeon. Ooh, where's it's Android's true. Dungeon? In, in Springfield. Oh, 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 in The Simpsons, of course. So. Space Invaders came to Atari 2600 in 1980, and that's where I played. Some might call it the first the most killer app. Oh, yeah. Space Invaders. Two years after the Atari hit and after Space Invaders came out, they had their, their big that, – that really sold the Atari. Mm-hmm. Up to that. Oh, go ahead. You know, you, it, it, it's kind of funny because it's like it's in color on the Atari, and, and mm. it's it's pretty it's a pretty ad, you know, adequate port. Um, Space Invaders is black and white though. Yeah, and so it's kind of an upgrade over there. But okay. there are all these different like game options and modes mm-hmm. that there. you could like like give yourself two ships. That's that another upgrade. At the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a better version of uh, Space Invaders. Yeah. I mean, the Space Invaders is not hard to make a better version of. First yeah. of all, it's so it's so simplistic in the arcade. I will say there was – I shouldn't say it's black and white. It is black and white, but there's color gels over in the arcade that make it look not black and white. Space Invaders is almost an accidental masterpiece. I, I agree. Like there's not a lot about the game that, that stands up now. The artwork's cool. I mean the little alien guys to this day are iconic and cute. But, yeah, uh, the, the 2600 uh, advances it in almost every way. Nobody I, had thought about games in a clever way after Pong until then. Like everything was like kind of variations of Pong yeah, and racing it was like games. The mm-hmm. first one that had like character mm-hmm. and like a scenario, mm-hmm. almost almost a plot. Yeah, right? totally. And kids play Space Invaders Extreme because uh, it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Terrible title, wonderful game. But, yeah, that was great. I like the um, uh, the paddle version for the DS. Oh, absolutely. That yeah. was so cool when that yeah. came out. Worked with, the Ar- worked with Arkanoid in Which that. Which was really bad on the DS. 
I love Spy Hunter. I played it in the arcade on NES, but they've included the ColecoVision here in this book. Yeah, that blows my mind that Spy Hunter came out on ColecoVision and it had the Spy Hunter gels and stuff. I've never played that in ColecoVision. There's like overlays for the controllers. Right, yeah. that's again that, that ridiculous ColecoVision controller, the yeah. knob, two, two action buttons, which were separate function, and then a dozen buttons on the bottom. It's perfect for Spy Hunter because you could hit all the different weapons. You ever played the uh, 2600 version of Spy Hunter? No, I, this, this doesn't make sense to me that these yeah. exist. There's I a did 20, not know that. Yeah, it's, it's 1983, um, and it is positively adequate. It's yeah. really not bad. Uh, I'm shocked by how not bad it is. Spy, but, Spy Hunter was like kind of about graphics, though, so mm-hmm. it does lose a lot in translation, I'm sure. This I love the Spy Hunter. box art is, yeah. is – was this the original arcade art? Yeah, that, that's a real car that's on there. That's, like, based on some real Oh, really? Model. Is that yeah. is that, like, a, a Lotus of some kind? I don't know. I don't this know. is such a Mad Max ripoff, though. Oh, yeah. totally. Total, right? Yeah. You know what's funny? Um, Spy Hunter, uh, first of all, the sequel we talked about before is terrible. I, I was waiting for you to bring up Spy Hunter 2. Yeah, yeah. But uh, wasn't that the one that they're trying to port to home systems? For? No, no, that was a different game. That was, like, hard driving or yeah, something. Yeah, but what we did talk about. So, but, yeah, that, that, that split down the middle on the screen yeah. in the arcade. And, oh, what a terrible game. Cockpit version of the arcade was really yeah. cool. Uh, Spy Hunter. And there's a pinball machine. Oh, you're talking about Spy Hunter, not Spy Hunter 2 now. Yeah, oh, Spy okay. Hunter. Yeah, Spy yeah. Hunter. I feel like I did have seen that pinball machine. Yeah, Spy Hunter pinball was probably the more popular of the game pinball machines, which we talked about the last episode. Uh, Stampede for 2600 and Intellivision. I thought this was a fun. I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever played another game where I'm like playing a cowboy, r- wrestling cows. I Sunset think Riders, is... perhaps? Now, in Sunset Riders, I'm just shooting. Fat guys that say, bury me with my money. That's true. But you're running on top of cows while you do it. That's true. That's true. Uh, um, there's, a... there's Zookeeper, where you're a zookeeper trying to get all the animals inside a, a Brechtin zoo. Yeah, an alphabet zoo, likewise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Stampede, I don't know. Not crazy about it. It's okay. Yeah, it is. It a good, that great box art. I love it. Uh, Star Castle. Yeah, I know. Another Vectrex game. So Star Castle... This is a good example of you could only do this on Vectrex because this is a vector game in the arcade, and it's a black and white game in the arcade. Vectrex is black and white, mm-hmm. and there's a overlay for it in the arcade yeah. that makes it color, and so you can just make Star Castle on um, on Vectrex. This is an interesting mm-hmm. game. It's like so you, you have asteroids like controls, so you're a little wedge, but what you're trying to do is shoot your way into a like rotating pie in the middle of it. So like you're moving around one giant asteroid essentially and shooting your way in and getting closer and closer to a center. It's really it's so really instead neat. of Star Castle, why didn't they call it Space Pie? Yeah, Space Pie is the better name. That's it. But Star Castle is fun and uh, inadvertently led to Yar's Revenge. Uh, with somebody trying to sit there going, we can't do this on the 2600. Yeah. <laughs> Although two decades later, somebody pulled it off, but they had 20 years. There is a Star Castle now. There is a Star Castle in the 2600, Whoa. and it's actually pretty neat. Hmm. Uh, They've included Super Breakout for the Atari 2600, the sequel to Breakout. I approve. Yeah, uh, yeah, I played a l- yeah, I played a lot of Super Breakout. But Breakout is such good art, though. Uh, yeah, Breakout does have good. Well, Super Breakout's got the Spaceman on it, though, doesn't yeah, it? What is it? the Spaceman art? Um, yeah. There. So, yeah. so the plot to Breakout is that you're an astronaut, and uh, there's a rainbow above you that's falling apart, and you have to figure out why. Did, it's, did you solve that it's very, uh, very. There, there's actually a soundtrack record for Breakout, what? which has like the plot and stuff. Do you break? Which is not that. Do you break through the rainbow and end up in a room on <laughs> Jupiter, know. meeting an old man in a bed and so weird. giant black monolith? Super Breakout had the two two paddles on top of each yeah. other, which I don't mm-hmm. really understand what it's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, I don't either. Mm-hmm. I'd rather play Arkanoid. I'm an alleyway man myself. Alleyway. Oh, I like alleyway. alleyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Game Boy game. Game Boy launch game. Uh, yeah, yeah, right definitely. around the time. It had, right. You could the, the blocks made Nintendo stuff. Yeah, too, I, I'll awesome. give I'll give Alleyway this 
when it comes to non-paddle controlled like brick and ball games, I think Alleyway nails it better than any other because it was designed from the ground up to be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I prefer Arkanoid, but if you have to use a, a D-pad to play it, I think Alleyway's better. Number 90 with just 10 games to go, Super Mario Brothers. For my money, that's the, the best game in this book. Yeah, and Super Mario Brothers. I like is... it better than The Legend of Zelda, for instance. Wow, you like it better than Zelda? Super Mario Brothers? Oh, yeah. I would say it's yeah. more playable, like replayable. Yeah, I, I can't decide. I'll go back and forth because i played through both of them so many times. But but Super... if I have to like teach future generations about what a video game is, get them yeah. separated from mm-hmm. their virtual sex that they're in all the time, <laughs> I, I'm going to point out Super Mario Brothers. This is a good diversion from the... You know, robot girlfriends of the future. There is that. And one of, one of the things about Super Mario Brothers that, that jumps out right away is where it says World 1-1. Mm-hmm. And when you finally, finally, as a kid, make it to World 1-4, and you there's a boss, and you beat him in the 2-1. How far does this go? It yeah. was it was incomprehensibly huge. Yep. Uh, 32 levels. That was unthinkable and, at the time. And, and I remember the... Uh, well, they're just one thing that's that's great about Super Mario Brothers is about it, it's you hide they hid so much stuff in each yeah. level from big to large. So the warp the warp zone was on the big end of it, mm-hmm. and just a you know coin block that you can hit a bunch of times is on the small end of it, and they're just littered with that. And you just go so, looking for those things. It taught you to go. And looking then you for tell those people things. about them, and it right. became yeah. it, it's the meme of secrets and games like really came from that although i still wonder how Ju- julie knew about the, the one in super mario 3 i know it's, uh, it's so depressing in that movie use the warp whistle um i don't think there was games like that so i think that kind of came from people talking about games and lying i remember here yeah about, oh, yeah about easter eggs and games then they just didn't exist right so you'd be like you know i hear if you play um you know space invaders you know this way well there was an easter egg in space invaders yeah but there the, if there was if you you know they're just about secrets and games right mm-hmm. and then with mario they all were true like when people discovered the warp zone when they discovered a, a like a, a one up in the middle of the sky like you'd share that with somebody and it was true well yeah, was, and, yeah so cool. and people talk about jumping over the flagpole and you know you could do it the game genie proved it but you could also glitch into it in a couple of places and I never saw that about, without Game Genie. And you wonder, I like, love Game Genie so much. Uh, oh, Game Genie is great. We need to hook up a Game Genie here with the, the manual and just go through some of those. Because that's one thing that people don't go back and mess with, because they're all using ROMs, which yeah. is dumb. <gasps> Well, there's this there's this one old story. Dave Barry wrote a book about going to Japan, and he took his children to Nintendo headquarters uh, when he was traveling around writing commentary. And his kid is sitting there asking all the Nintendo execs about Game Genie, um, <laughs> not realizing it yeah. was a non-Nintendo product. It's a really funny story. Uh, Galoob. So yeah, exactly. And Nintendo, not uh, they, they avowed ignorance of Game Genie. And the kid's like, but it makes Mario fly! Yeah. And uh, it, was the, it was an enhancement. I remember it being controversial at the time. Just like renting games was controversial. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. It was. Uh, but Nintendo tried to put a stop to that. In yeah. Japan, you can't rent games. No, but you can rent CDs. But you, you can't can rent, rent movies either, right? The no, system. you can rent movies. You, you can, can rent movies and music in Japan. Because okay, everyone in Japan just rents CDs, takes them home, and rips them. And then takes them back to the store. They, Except uh, for all the record collectors that jack up all the prices of stuff I'm trying to buy. They yeah, buy records. There's that. But <laughs> yeah, but again, Japan's such a small, tiny country. You can just walk to the video store. So it still kind of makes sense. Oh, it's still cool. convenient. Turbo came to ColecoVision in 1982. Looks like it had its own racing wheel controller. Yeah, and then it had this really, and this is kind of a, a great little piece of plastic rig. It had the ColecoVision knob, and it had a place to mount the ColecoVision stick so that you could use it as the gear shift just yeah. where the arcade went. That was... Kind of cool. Um, it's just a piece of plastic molding, but they used it in a really good way. And that's that wheel feels good. It feels heavy and hefty. Have you ever used the turbo wheel? No. No, it, no it's I haven't a, Yeah, it, it actually has a good feel to it. Um, I don't think home racing games really ever made sense until maybe the late 80s. RC Pro-Am, I like. Until 
rad racer. Well, or she yeah, probably absolutely 80s, yeah. counts as late yeah. 80s. Oh, um, that's what I mean. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that as one of the earliest uh, examples. And of course, rad racer. Rad yeah. racer too. Uh, Gumball Crash, my some, favorite song. Some neighbor kid had a ColecoVision, but the only game I can remember playing with him was Frogger. <laughs> on his ColecoVision? Yeah. That's sad. The ColecoVision had a lot of good games. It really, it really did. And Frogger. Here's a 2600 one I'm not familiar with. Turmoil. Turmoil's, pr- Turmoil's pretty good. Um, Turmoil's weird, though, and I think a lot of people like download the ROM and then never try it because it looks primitive and strange. But it's it's a shooter that's all about moving really fast up and down the screen and knocking things backward and then having to dive down these little lanes, pop up and grab things, run right back, and you're constantly being chased by enemies you can kill and then enemies that if you don't kill them turn invincible and then stack up against you. It's, it's, it's a lot it's of fun. tapper with monsters. Yeah, that's a really great analogy, Sam. I, I think that's that's perfect. Well, I guess the bar, t- bar people are kind of monsters in Tapper. Yeah. Uh, it's also a 20th century so Fox game, which is really strange. Yeah, that's an astute observation. No, that game, oh. Turmoil. And they have like the 20th century Fox logo on it and stuff. Oh, yeah, I just think it looks that. cool. Yeah, Pretty good. Games of the Century was their logo. Yeah, yeah that, that neat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there that's was great. that. There was Aliens. There was Megaforce. That had that. Based on the, motion, the Mad Max ripoff, Megaforce. I never uh, saw that one. Yeah, oh, know. with starring Barry Boswick. Oh, I need to see uh, this. Yeah. That oh, you, you do need to see Mecha Force. Yes. Okay. What's with these uh, Odyssey games with the exclamation points in their uh, in their titles? This is Turtles. 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 Now that was an arcade game. That's uh, one. Of, I think uh, one of the few, if any, arcade ports on the Odyssey two. Yeah, Turtles is a conversion kit. I think by Stern in the arcades. Um, did Stern make the home home one? I've never seen a Turtles machine, but NAP. I really want to play this game. So, probably not on the Odyssey too. Turtles was, if I remember right, in Turtles you you were you would hit these little question marks and they would either turn into another turtle or a beetle. Mm-hmm. And if it was a beetle, it chased you, and if it was another this turtle, this is my kind of game. It I would hop, it would hop on your back, and then you had to carry it back to its house yeah. to be safe. So it's it's based on Frogger. Yeah, yeah, well, like that, but a maze, but like a maze Frogger. Yeah, that's super like Ladybug cool. meets I, Frogger. I, I want to play this. All right, I got to track this down. They never have it at any of the conventions again. Tuttencom for. ColecoVision. Tutankham, okay. yeah. Tutankham. It's, uh, it, this is a good, um, well, I wouldn't say good, but it's an adequate arcade game where you kind of explore levels in a dig dug kind of way with ladders and stuff like that. You kind of explore a one screen level. Yeah, no, actually, it scrolls uh, up and down. Tutankham scrolls up and down right now. Yeah, right. the levels are a little bigger than the screen. But doesn't it do one screen at a time? Uh, I don't know. I'm more familiar with the 2600. I've played the arcade mm. version. The 2600 port I know scrolls up and down. It's a terrible port, the 2600 version, even though I've played yeah, a lot is, of it. It was kind of a later arcade game from that classic era, so it has like a little bit better graphics. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but it's not one of the 100 best. That's games a great of the name. Era. Just it doesn't come. Yeah. Uh, Video Olympics for the 2600. This is a early, early game, 77. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a launch title, and Video Olympics is a collection of pong and paddle games, and yeah. a lot of different variants 50 on them. Fifty of them. Yeah, and and there are some differences. There's fifty. Enough, yeah, I, you know, it's, I I played a lot I just, of this in college. Why? Yeah, in college? Because 50 is better than 49. Yeah, so I had my old 2600. Well, even better, I had my Coleco Adam Did with my 2600. Did you ever host a Video Olympics? Uh, yes, we would have Video Olympics parties toga? in my room on weekends. No, no togas. I, I, I went to a boring college. Um, no, well, I'm just they, saying that's an Olympic getup. How did so, they trademark the term good game program? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that has know. a trademark on it. But yeah, it's a, it's a great that's collection. That's the wrong term that to, to, to uh, trademark, too. Yeah. It's the second best way to play Pong in your home, the best being the Quadrapong dedicated mm. uh, unit that Atari sold for a while. Yeah, that just plugs into your TV. That's yeah. a good one. Avoid missing ball for high score. Actually, the best way to play Pong in your home is the way Sam does. But Yeah, I have a nice Pong machine. Nicely done there, by the way, Damon. Avoid missing ball for high score. That's awesome. Here's a game that uh, I 
could not wrap my head around when I was a kid. Warlords. Ooh. Is that because you didn't have enough people to play with? I, yeah. I, did, I could not figure out how it worked. Warlords is all about having four like, people. Like another game where the, the box art in no way represents the game. No, this is like a knight like swinging a sword, and this is a game about paddles. You can't paddles, play this four player, walls. right? Yeah, it's four player. It is. That, that is the only way to play Warlords. Okay. Is four player. Well, how do you? How does it work on the? I don't understand how four player would work on the twenty six hundred. The twenty six. You can do two sets of two paddles. Yeah, the twenty six hundred only has two plugs, yeah. but each paddle controller is. I know two it goes into. Well, I just didn't know if yeah. that was possible. So you do, do two sets of two plugs. Four player Warlords is a Great. riot. Uh, it's a paddle game. Where did you you're ever take your, your TV friends. and just put it on the ground so it was actually like the Warlord's cocktail table? No, no, I did not. <laughs> so the Warlord's co- cocktail table, you're looking down yeah. and you all sit in, in four in each yeah. corner and you play it. It's super fun. But again, in college, like Video Olympics came out of the Atari, Warlords went in, yeah. and hilarity ensued. And it's... they made an upright arcade version of Warlords 2. Which doesn't make any sense. It's no old, fun. It was two player. Yeah, and you, you, you and think you're computers. up in the wrong corner, and you, yeah, yeah, it's just it's yeah, crazy. that's it's stupid. I don't get that. In what? 2008 and 2012, updated versions of yeah. Warlords released on Xbox Live. Yeah, I remember the 2012 one from E3 because they gave out w- w- classic Atari Warlords patches, the ones you'd win yep. for getting high scores on Warlords. Oh, cool. And they had those at E3, and I was like, oh my god, but I didn't play that. I, I've played the version, and the problem is you need a paddle to play Warlords. E- the analog isn't a good substitute. It doesn't feel right without a paddle. I honestly think if we bought a Warlords cocktail and put it in this place, or, uh, the 2600 it's, version of Warlords is more fun than the arcade version. Yeah, it's it faster. has an optical spinner in the arcade, too, so yeah. it's a similar thing. But we had a bring it in here that would be amazing warlords yeah four player warlords you mean a cocktail table yeah don't tempt me it'd be great yeah they're like about 1800 to 2200 bucks let's let's but if anybody else wants to sell one to me for like 300 400 (laughs) can we take it out of pair salary i'm sure we can find a way we just got a pinball machine ah yeah we did it's a great pinball machine i'm i'm walking dead i'm like the world's worst walking dead pinball player i'm pretty Uh, sure i I just adjusted some stuff on the machine to make make it a little bit easier it's it's really hard this is a very cool looking vectrex game web wars yep it's a tempest knockoff Mm -hmm. oh i think it looks really great i want to play it i know Um, my friend has this, and I have not ever checked it out, but I've definitely seen the, the packaging before. It looks cool. So the Vectrex, we've talked a lot about how cool it is. Web Wars I haven't played, but this is going to be the last uh, last game. So it's a kudos to the Vectrex designer for putting a four-button controller on that thing. Yeah. Way to see ahead. It's an NES-style controller, too. Yeah, it's, it's a really great controller. A little yeah. bad. Uh, Worm Womper. I have this game. It's a really television. rare Intellivision game. It also has a picture of American Gothic on the cover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, people like this game. I, I don't recall it being amazing. I just knew it was rare, so I bought it. A weird yellow box in television. It's sort of like playing an action tower defense game. Yeah. like <laughs> They all inch towards you. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like playing tower defense in real time. Uh, that that's what it feels like. You're just running around is shooting it, things that are trying to destroy your crops. Is it set on a farm? Crops. I'm just yeah. wondering why they're using the American the, Gothic. They're trying to well, destroy where, your where crops. Where have you seen worms, Damon? Yeah, the worms are coming to destroy your crops, and you're destroying the worms. So you have to protect your, like, corn stalks from, from attacking enemies. Yeah, so they must be more like caterpillars, because obviously you want worms. Because worms are beneficial to the soil. Yeah. That's true. Maybe they are caterpillars. Maybe the person that did this didn't understand worms. Guys, there are only two games left. Oh, God. That's exciting. Alphabetically, too. Including Yar's Revenge. Yeah, that's a, that's a gimme. Oh, that's 2600. A, one, of the, a, one of the great home originals. One of the early great home originals. Um, originally, uh, an effort to port Star Castle, figured out they couldn't do it, and created this wonderful game with great replayability, very creative, plays to the strengths of the Atari 2600 hardware, and my favorite programming trick of all time. Streams the source code. Streaming the source code to make the force field. That is 
brilliant. So yeah, there's a rainbow colored force field and it's a graphical representation of basically the source code. They're like, just show this. Yeah. Cause it, it looks room. like garbage and it is garbage. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. It's just like with the game that's going on and cause they didn't have room to put the graphic in the cartridge. They were yeah. out of ROM. So they just did that. Um, also the name Yar's Revenge is Ray Kassar's name backwards. Well, Ray is that, but then the planet is the suck. Sak- it's something Kassar rearranged somehow. Ray Kassar yeah. backwards. Mm-hmm. Who, who is the president of, of Atari in the Warner Brothers era. Right, which is right when this uh, got done. And um, Yars Revenge, another one of those that's still a lot of fun to go back and play. It's hard, very hard. I mean, it starts easy, and the, the difficulty just curves up yeah. fast. So the Yars are pluralized. It's not Yar. It's not the, the it's revenge doesn't belong the to Yar. It is the revenge of multiple Yars. Yeah. Yeah. Not one Yar, but yeah. many Yars. Yeah. Any, any guesses as to what the last game is? Alphabetically? Uh, Z. Zookeeper. Um, no, they didn't port no, that on. I don't think. Um, sure no, I have no idea. Actually, Let's see. Uh, um, man, this is compelling radio, but I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. Yo-yo. Zaxxon oh. for the ColecoVision. Yeah. ColecoVision Zaxxon's a great port. Um, How I, can it be? That game has such good graphics. Yeah, mm. they do a really, which is especially good because the scrolling on on the ColecoVision hardware is normally not very mm-hmm. good, but they really do fake it pretty well with Zaxxon. So its sister game was already in uh, an earlier episode, which is Congo Bongo, mm-hmm. made on the same Sega hardware. Uh, uh, it has the um, the the view is uh, what's it called? Oh, isometric. Isometric, and um, you have to in the arcade they set the joystick to have its leaf switches at a diagonal pattern, and that actually makes sense. Like Cuber, right? You're, right? you're actually going and you're, you know you're pressing northwest to go up and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You don't have that at home, and that always makes Axon way too confusing for me to play. It is difficult that way. I agree with you. It's it looks pretty on a locally. Uh, yeah, that wraps up. The 100 Greatest Console Video Games, 1977 to 1987, according to author Brett Weiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an appendix with some honorable mentions here. I, want to I have an appendix. Uh, Alex Kidd of Miracle World. Ooh. The Master System. That is unfortunate. That Sega's uh, answer came, to Super Mario Brothers. You're saying because it's garbage? Well, it yeah. came out in the same year. So. It, well, Alex Kidd, the problem with Alex Kidd is that it's very pretty, but I don't think anybody plays past the first level. When you get later mm-hmm. into Alex Kidd, there are like progressing between levels requires you to win games of paper, rock, scissors. That is not fun. <laughs> no, that's not that a game. That is not fun at it's all. It's not a game. Yeah. <laughs> Chopper Command for 2600 is in here, which is very fun. That is the best version of Defender on the 2600. You're talking about enjoying 2600 Defender? But is that Defender? different than Chop Chopper Lifter? Command. It's completely it different. It's Defender. They call it Defender in the Desert. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's cool. really good. Commando for the NES is in here, which I loved. Uh, it's another one of those Micronics games that I'm just like, I, I'm not crazy about it. What would you like Go about play Commando, Rambo. Damon? Well, so it's like the predecessor to, well, I mean, it's just so much like Akari Warriors. It's like a you like the top down simpler version of Akari Warriors. Yeah. Plus, I loved the movie Commando. Starring Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. And g- gun, uh, what is it called? Gunsmoke was the yeah. same. Gunsmoke, yeah. So that, the controls are really weird there because it's like you can only yeah. shoot like diagonally. Uh, Cardio Warriors in the arcade had those great rotating That's joysticks. That's what uh, Gorilla War. Gorilla War had. Yeah, Gorilla yeah, War is like thing. Uzi, I think. And there's an, yeah, but it was like, no, no, it's still like the You're thinking Operation Wolf. Operation Wolf. Okay. Yeah, Gorilla War is the yeah. rotating. Yeah. yeah, and like Heavy Barrel did the same thing too. Heavy yeah. Barrel. <laughs> and there's one where you travel through time. <laughs> time is the other one yeah, where you kill Roman soldiers yeah, with a bazooka? I know. I remember that one. That yeah. one was really fun, too. Uh-huh. You need to look that one up for me. Double okay. Dribble is in here. Game is so bad. I just remember the graphics were awesome. Like, the the oh. like, the like dunks. Yeah. The dunk, the, the dunk oh, yeah, scenes the, were like, dunks that would be wonderful. in like black and white. I thought this looked... Remember how they had arch rivals at that arcade we were at the other day? And we were like, why would anybody play that? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys, like, hey, oh, well, maybe they'll, they'll be on this list. Like, there's a few. It's like, what do you think ought to have been on here that they missed? Like, is Space Panic Well, one there? of them that is in here that's not on, wasn't Space included was Panic. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. 
Mike Tyson's punch out? Yeah, I think that's actually crazy that that wasn't on the list of the top 100. Then that came yeah. out in 86 in Japan? 87. No, here. 87 yeah, in the 87 States. Here first. Yeah. 87 yeah. in the States. Maybe 87 is the cutoff. I think that's definitely... No, because there's some other 87 we had, like, games Zelda in here. Castlevania's in here. And that's yeah, Mike Tyson here. came out here before Japan. Yeah, so that that's that's a glaring omission. I they think. put the NES version of Gauntlet down here? Mm-hmm. Um, Which was only a... Could you play four players it's in, a good a, in the NES no, version? It's a two-player version. Of the f- no, they have the four-player connect. That's Gauntlet Two. Uh, uh, NES Gauntlet what? is two-player, and when you get yeah, to level, definitely eight, had it for two. yeah, when you get to level eighty-six, you can't progress unless you have these stupid codes from earlier in the game. It's fun until you hit level eighty-six, then just stop playing. They put, um, they put that's another game that's on de- dedicated. Uh, or it has yeah. a bootleg card and a non-bootleg card. Uh, yeah. Tengen, yeah. yeah Tengen, yeah. However, Gauntlet 2, which comes later, does have dedicated four-player support and is awesome. They have Ice Climber on here. Which I actually don't think it's that good again. I don't like Ice Climber. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Hunt for the ColecoVision. I like Jungle Hunt. I like Kangaroo, too. First of all, yeah. Donkey Kong Jr. Math was a glaring omission. <laughs> Definitely. Kid Nicky Radical Ninja. Yeah. Uh, no, that game is not good. I'm pretty uh, sure most NES games from 1985 through 1987 are better than most games on that list. <laughs> ranked, ranked number 49 on IGN's top 100 NES games list, Kid Nicky Radical Ninja. Oh, you're kidding me. So I ranked those games. In the top and 50? I, and I don't remember who was arguing for that one. That's oh, kind of... Well, whoever they are need to hit them so with a stick So I apologize, but I don't like Kid Nicky, <laughs> but I like I. the name. No. And I like the pink box art. Kid Nicky, like the last Kid Nicky game that never came here, that's great. But the first Kid Nicky game yeah. is garbage. It's what about just, Amagon? Just that game is so stupid. What about yeah, Mega Mania? Uh, the shooter for the Atari, <clears throat> I think I played on 2600, but that's like, you're just shooting like tires and toasters Oh, I and forgot cookies, about that. Just like crazy things. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like that movie Rubber, but with shooting. Um, <laughs> that's a terrible comparison. Is Space Panic on there? I'm curious. Because Coleco Space Panic is one of those very rare games mm-hmm. where the... Where it is on there? Yeah, that's awesome. That's because uh, the home version of Space Panic is way better than the arcade game. Yeah, which is I was terrible. gonna say I've only played the arcade game. That game's not good. The, no, the arcade game's terrible. But Super something simple. about the move to ColecoVision made it good. Hmm. Uh, Again, that's a Universal game. So Universal did Ladybug, Mr. Do, and that. Yeah, and that's cool that they they got them all ported. Red yeah. Racer is in here in the honor, honorable mentions. Right. Square Enix. Square. Uh, as is Rygar. Oh, Rygar's there. Okay, I like Rygar. I think Rygar's kind of like Rygar's Bionic. great. Yeah, Rygar's like not quite Bionic Commando quality, but it, you could see because they were kind of going with that same sort of idea. Yeah. Like you were just saying, the arcade game of Rygar is not fun, yeah. but they brought it home after playing yeah. Zelda, and they're like, well, let's just make this a little bit more like this little game, and they made a huge open-ended adventure game. Yeah. With a big, big world. Did you it's think great. the thing looked like a yo-yo or a pizza? I hear some people say yo-yo, some people oh, the say shield? pizza. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of it as a pizza, but that's oh, a great Did they idea. make a 3D Rygar? I like don't know. I don't yeah, know. there was like, a Rygar a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not really? a couple of years ago, but in like I 2007. Them about the I was working here when it got reviewed. Maybe it, so it actually came out and everything? Yeah. Do you hit dudes with a pizza? Tecmo owns that mm. license. Oh, yeah. it's Rygar? Oh, okay. What Rush, about Russian oh, Attack is on here. Uh, mm. Sky Kid, that game I was talking about last time. Oh, I hate Sky Kid. Uh, where you go you go right to left? Stupid <laughs> Sky Kid. <laughs> fly right to left. Is, uh, is Utopia on there? Mm. Star Wars the arcade game is on here. The whole Utopia port. is not version. Yeah. How do you who ported that? Who ported that? Well, it's been done to many, but none of them are. are I mean, you need the vector graphics to play that game. You were Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back is also on here. That's a that's great a cool game. one. Yeah, yeah, I like that game. Yeah. Is Utopia there? No. Okay, so Utopia should be there. It's an intellivision game. It's sort of like like SimCity Zero. Uh, the Goonies Two is missing. Uh, yeah, it's two player SimCity Zero. The Goonies Two is missing. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that's that's unfortunate. That's and the Goonies won, but that never came out. I guess maybe they put Metroid, so they figured they didn't eat Goonies 2, but... Yeah. Tapper gets an honorable mention. I don't know what the home ports of Tapper are like. I've never played Tapper on a home console. I have yeah. no idea either. 
Apparently, both home versions feature all four screens. What about Jaws? That was 1987. Yeah. Yeah. Jaws everybody owned Jaws. Every everybody oh, yeah. owned I Jaws. Owned Jaws. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Me too. I, I own Jaws. It was Jaws felt like a game where they made like a great first level and then just never finished. <laughs> was that LJN? Yes. They, um, that is LJN's best game. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know what's great about Jaws? Uh, look up a speed run. You can beat that game in so short of time, yeah. but I never figured out how to. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You can beat it in like four minutes or something. Well, like you, all you have to do is get into a pier, and then I think if you have turbo, you can actually kill him the first time you encounter him. Uh, so that's you a, stab him with the front of your boat. That's from Jaws: The Revenge. That's no, from I've the never movie, seen that the movie. last movie. Yeah. What's uh, the movie you said I need to see? Uh, oh, the Megaforce. Megaforce. You need to see Megaforce. Right. Uh, you will love. So you I'll will watch Jaws: The Revenge and Megaforce, so right. we can report back. Also, um, uh, what about uh, Night Stalker for the Intellivision and Astro Smash for the Intellivision? Night Stalker, of course. Yeah, yeah that. Uh, or Haunted House. No, oh, Haunted no, House should no. be on here. Yeah. Not, not for Night Atari. Stalker. No. Not Night Stalker. However, Wizards and Warriors is. I love Wizards and Warriors. Yeah. Another great I love the music in that yeah. game. It's great so music. crazy. It almost feels like you're playing a Sinclair Spectrum game on your NES. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. It's a personal favorite of mine. Me One too. of the earliest Nintendo memories I have, like NES. So that bad arm. Gentlemen, this was fun. Thank you for joining me for this look at the 100 Greatest Console Video Games, 1977 to 1987, written by Brett Weiss. Listeners, if you enjoy this show, make sure you subscribe in iTunes or your podcast service of choice. My name is Damon. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Jared. This is IGN, GameScoop, and we're out. Come get some. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.